I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to Podcast Like It's 1999. I'm your host, Phil Liskov. And with us today is past and future guest, Stacey Tron, who is a EP writer on Blackish, uh, EP showrunner on The Real O'Neills, and recently just finished working on Daisy Jones and the Six for Amazon. Thank you again for, uh, for joining us, Stacey. Thanks for having me. Of course. Um, so, you know, I want to start where we kind of start with, with all these, which is how did Felicity come into your life? Why did you like, if you liked the show back in 99 and, and what sort of worked for you about it? I mean, I really, I loved the show in 99. I couldn't remember when it had first aired. So I quickly, before I started watching, I'm like, yeah, what year was this? That was the year I actually got married the first time from my first, (laughs) to my first (laughs) husband. And I remember, man, I just love that show. I just hooked in so hard and I was pretty, I I feel like I watched the first three seasons pretty religiously and then maybe fell off in the fourth, but maybe then caught up and watched the finale or something because I was curious, but I was definitely a huge fan. It definitely feels like a lot of people, it's diminishing returns, right? So like season one, everyone loved it. Season two, everyone was like, why did she cut her hair? Season three, they stuck around. And then season four there was time travel and everyone was like, why did this happen? So it's, 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 it really is an interesting show in the sense that, and it's kind of rare, I would say for broadcast. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it, where like seasons of a show feel 
different to each other. Right. Like broadcast wants everything to be homogenous. So when yeah. a season pops in some way, I feel like that's kind of special. Yeah. I mean, and obviously it was, um, what's the word? Like it wasn't episodic. It was very serialized yeah. and soapy. Mm-hmm. So it did, it did build and change. I was just watching it again. And I don't even know if we're there yet, but I was so like blown away by how they really captured the feel of that time. Yeah. Like the music, the pacing, the, the opening credits with the black and white photos. I mean, when the, when the opening credit song came on, I literally got chills. I was like, right. Oh my God. <laughs> it just like set yeah. the mood for this like kind of angsty kind of, it was so nineties. There's like no color. No one's wearing a color. It's like it's all, all brown brown and grays and maybe a khaki and I'm like right and then also what I loved so much that we don't have anymore is like they all looked the women specifically looked like real people there's nothing injected into their lips or their you know what I mean like their faces their skin was so beautiful and they didn't have fake eyelashes everyone has fake like I'm so just aware of how fake women's faces look now that just seeing like real human faces. It was so nice. I mean, it really was so nostalgic. (laughs) (laughs) It it, it really is. um, It's a very warm show. And I mean that in sort of every possible way, Uh, the color palette, everyone's wearing a sweater. (laughs) Like it just feels like everyone just looks very cozy. Uh, It's a very inviting television show, which uh, is also kind of rare at that moment. You know, Hmm. this is sort of right in the kind of apex of the WB. You've got Dawson's Creek in season two, this in season one, Buffy, um, you know, so it's, it's really kind of Mm -hmm. cresting a little bit with all of that. And this show felt so different, I think in a lot of ways, because to your initial point, uh, where this show is falling, that those those collegiate years where you're so kind of swirling in your own drama and trying to figure out who you want to be. Like the whole show is mm-hmm. about identity. And I think that that's also very um, uh, comforting, I guess. Right. You know, there's there's right. something in that that I think is interesting. I think it's also super aspirational as far as that college experience is concerned. because my college experience, I lived at home and it just wasn't like that. And I think even watching it, I was way past college when I was watching it, but just, I I was like, yeah, that's what it should have been like. Like I, in a way I was nostalgic (laughs) for something I never had. It wasn't my experience at all. Exact same experience (laughs) as you, which is that, you know, I went, I went to film school in Toronto. Uh, I I Mm. didn't leave, I didn't leave home to go to school. Uh, I didn't have, I didn't have that sort of, um, that rite of passage. And I was in a lot of ways jealous of it. Like I'm watching this show while I'm in university and wishing wow. that this was my university experience. Right. Uh, so it's, it, it, it was a very sort of strange um, uh, wish fulfillment component too. I also, I mean, um, we talked about this, you know, a little bit in the previous episodes, but you know, it's wish fulfillment as well. I think in the sense that Felicity sort of takes her life into her own hands and does this thing that most people would never do, which is sort of take life, you know, just sort of by, fly by the seat of your pants and follow someone you think you could have feelings for perhaps. 
Um, But then mixed into that, you have that Ben was really just an excuse. You know, he's not, she's really just looking to figure out who she is when everything is said and done. And it's, it's kind of less about the boy, um, yeah. which I think is interesting. Do you, um, do you have an allegiance of team Noel or, or team Ben? Do you, uh, you know, it's so funny. Cause the minute I started watching, I sure. was like, I'm, I'm team Ben. I was always team Ben. Right. <laughs> and also then I look at Ben's name and his name is Ben Covington. Oh, that's so funny. And for the listeners, my yes, husband's sure. name is Hunter sure. Covington. Yeah. So I was like, oh man, like, was I instantly attracted <laughs> to Hunter? Because he had that last name. Like, oh, I knew I always loved his last name. And is that where it came from? So that was kind of a fun moment. But then as I started watching, I'm like, oh no, 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 no. I'm team, I'm no man. I'm yeah, no all the yeah. way. And then I was flip-flopping even between within the one episode. And I remembered like, Oh man, when I watch this, this is exactly what happened when I was watching it. I would like week to week episode within episodes, I would switch sides and I'm like, they did such a, that is so hard to keep alive. Totally agree with you. Like to keep you invested and like in a, in the same way that she's like dealing with all of it and trying to wrestle with what she wants and who she is. Like you said, identity. Mm -hmm. It's like, I feel like as a viewer, you're wrestling with it too. Like who should she be with? And, and of course I'm, we're watching this episode after she went and had sex with that art guy, which I remember kind of loving, (laughs) but then you're like, Oh damn it. Like, did she ruin it? Or was that right? She's like claiming her independence. They did such a good job. It's it's so funny you should say that because I I I've been as I've been watching this I've been trying to kind of racking my brains trying to think of a better love triangle than this one in terms of how well executed it is and it's it's not just in the writing although a lot of it is it's in the casting it's in the direction it's to I'm I'm obviously telling you something you already know but to milk a love triangle for mm. almost a hundred episodes of television is kind of impossible. And somehow, really hard. I mean, I guess find a way to do of, it. Yeah, I mean, they. I guess they kind of did it on the office, but you weren't really rooting right. for Pam to be with what's Roy. his face. You kind Roy. Roy. You you kind of wanted. They 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 definitely made it more towards Jim, and then yeah, what other triangles? Well, the, the truth is that usually it's a will they won't they right? Like that that's right. that's that's that's, that's like the cheers. Trope. Or, yeah, cheers. The yeah. cat and mouse of it all. That's a thing. Right. But the love triangle it's very hard to do because how do you find the balance? Right. I mean, right. I, in, in, in doing a fair amount of reading on the show, you know, originally Scott Foley was cast to be Ben and then, oh, and then they couldn't find a Noel. So mm. then Scott Speedman, who fellow Torontonian put himself on tape and they were like, Oh, this kid's great. They bring him in to be Ben. And then they asked Scott Foley to become Noel. Yeah. And there's a part of me that thinks that that's, Fate was on their side because from all in, from what I've read, they wanted Noel to kind of be the ducky in this equation. You know, mm-hmm. they wanted him to be the friend, the, yeah. the guy that like the nerdy guy. Who's always there. Yeah. Who's always there, but like no one's quote unquote really all that attracted to. Right. But by, by casting Scott Foley in the role, yeah. all of a sudden the kind of nerdy guy becomes a heartthrob and it kind of changes the whole dynamics. But it's just, it's, it is interesting to see how, Watching it within an episode, you find yourself thinking, well, maybe, maybe Ben, like Ben's nice. He's like a dumb golden retriever, but he's nice. Yeah. Right. But (laughs) there just isn't the depth there. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Character wise. But then you're kind of like, 
God, but Noel, like Noel's a Noel's a handful. Do I really? Maybe the maybe the dumb golden retrievers. What? I'm, like, yeah. They the the fact that they they ha- the fact that they are very different and very different as actors. I think work to the benefit of keeping that triangle going. Totally, and I will say too, like you know, Scott Speedman, who I think is really good in the role, is the type of person. And watch, I obviously watched the pilot again, and that scene when he writes in her yearbook. And you you feel like Felicity thinking, yeah, I get it. He's so popular. He's probably he's athletic. He looks very he looks like a good guy. You understand somebody falling for him in a perhaps unreasonable fashion, and then learning right. that right. there might not be that much to this guy. Well, that's the thing too. Is like I have my person from high school who was like the one that got away or the unrequited sure. person who showed slight interest in me and then I just kind of chickened out and then it never happened again. And then I spent the rest of my high school being like, damn it. Like, why didn't I just go for it? And then, I mean, when I was divorced the first time, he was like the first person I looked up on Facebook, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) and he holds this, what he holds is this allure because nothing ever did happen. So it's all a fantasy. Like, you can you can make him perfect. You can make yeah. him a great listener. You can make him the best sex of your life or whatever the hell because nothing has ever happened. Nothing ever will happen. Yep. So I think that's also kind of the role that Ben plays for a while. A hundred percent. It also just feels like, I mean, and that's, I, I've probably said this before in previous episodes, but it makes for good television, but it also makes for grounded, believable television. And that's yeah. something that's, I think incredibly rare now. I mean, there's so few shows that strive for that. Um, yeah. So it's 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 just it's it's really interesting to see sort of how light a touch this show had, and that's right. something that's so rare. But so uh, in this particular episode, episode 118, uh, titled "Happy Birthday," I'll just give a brief synopsis. Uh, panicked okay. over a surprise visit from her parents, Megan entrusts Felicity with safekeeping of her. Her toolbox. Uh, meanwhile, Julie gets bombshell news about her birth mother. Uh, Noel's moving out. Ben gets a bookie, and Felicity has no idea what's inside Megan's box. Uh, happy birthday! <laughs> happy birthday! Aired on April twenty seventh, nineteen ninety nine. It was written by Tracy Abrams. Uh, no relation to JJ, as far as I can tell, uh, and directed by Elodie Keene. Um, so I, it's really interesting. I feel like Felicity episodes fall kind of into two camps a little bit. There is okay. sort of the soapy episodes where like drama is going on in Felicity's love life. Mm-hmm. And then there are the other episodes <laughs> and right. this kind of feels like a little bit of one of the other episodes. It's a little plotty. Right. It's a little broad at times, which I don't, which I that didn't bother me. Um, right. But it, it certainly felt sometimes you can see the broadcasty bones of this show sometimes. And this episode with like Megan's parents come to town and Noel's moving out. Like, it feels a little bit, um, you sort of see the gears a little bit more. Right. Makes any sense. Right. Um, but uh, what did you think of the episode overall? I mean, I really, I thought it was a great episode. I, I think like, I, I hear what you're saying as far as nothing was really happening with Felicity and Noel, something had happened. And this was like the fallout. aftermath of fallout. Right. Yeah. And so, 
I she didn't have a ton to do. Although I have to say, I kind of did like the Megan story. I liked I that Felicity had the upper hand. <laughs> that was really funny, and yeah, I loved yeah. how much she loved kind of giving her shit for it and being yeah. able to not like just to be the aggressor a little bit. Um, I did think that the part where the dad was like, "We looked in your box," and <laughs> I, I mean that it was like. But it was kind of it was kind of great. Like yeah. I think they played it to really good use. Um, I could have done without the the Ben Bookie stuff was a little heavy handed. And then of course, what's her name? The Julie story Julie. was like Jesus Christ! Yeah. Like yeah. this is. I mean. <laughs> It was handled in such a strange... I don't even know if you could do that story today. Like, it's almost... I don't think so. <laughs> it's inappro- not inappropriate. I just am like... I, I don't know. There was something... <laughs> it was... Tonally, it's so dark that they gave her up for adoption and that she doesn't even tell her... <laughs> you know, it's- that, it's, that she's still with the dad. I mean... Yeah. That was crazy. That was well, really and, and, no, and the way that Julie is... handles it. That she's like, okay, I'm gonna go to class now. And Felicity's like, are you okay? She's like, yeah, I just have something to go do. I'm like, I have to go see. <laughs> and then the greatest is it's fucking Bradley, Bradley Whitford, Whitford. Yeah. who is Jane Kaczmarek's real husband at the time. They're since divorced. Yeah. That was a great reveal. Also, super weird too when you think that I want to say probably. Three months, four months earlier, he's Josh Lyman. Like literally West Wing yes, premieres in, West Wing. In, in fall yeah. of 99, or at least it's sorry, it's coming up. So he has not become Josh Lyman yet, but it's just, oh, it really? was, yeah. So, so in the, there's so, it's so weird too that, that Carol, Julie's mom lies to her first and says, I'm yeah. not your mom. Like just, just oh, to make it, just to make it even worse. No, she says, I I'm mean- not your mom. Then she says, I am your mom and you can't ever talk to your dad. Who I'm yeah. still married to. Uh, yeah, that that storyline is bonkers. Um, but uh, to to pivot back real quick to the to the Megan storyline, um, I love it because to your point, Felicity gets the upper hand on her. I'm I'm convinced that Megan is the MVP of this show. I think that she's so much fun. Um, yeah. Amanda Foreman's fantastic. Um, the uh, the scene with the dad and the box that you mentioned, where he says, where she's like, I'll throw it out. And he says, I don't see how you can. <laughs> and the, the look on Carrie Russell's face yeah. is priceless. Uh, it's also, in my opinion, I mean, it is literally the most J.J. Abrams thing that's ever been. I mean, he obviously had his TED Talk, which was all about the mystery box. Yeah. He still doesn't know what's in the box, which is the perfect right. metaphor for J.J. Abrams television right. shows. But it's just... Yeah. Uh, it's definitely done. It's funny. They're, they're in on the joke and, and it's, it's really, really, yeah. it's really great. The minute when he said, I'm not sure how you can do that to throw it out. I immediately went to snakes. Like I, because you know, sure, my sure. husband has uh-huh. snakes in, in our guest house. They're in cages. Like, I didn't know that. You don't know this. No, Still, I, I didn't know we had snakes. 10 snakes. That's incredible. This is for a different podcast. This is for a different podcast, but that's incredible. I had no idea. Yeah, I was just, I was like, it would be cool during this pandemic if I could like use the guest house to work, but I can't because it's filled with snakes. snakes. So of course, when, yeah, you can't throw them out. You can't throw it out. I just went to snakes. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. But it was really well done. I mean, yeah. 
they do a great thing with um with the box in you might i don't know if you remember the twilight zone episode that they did um Mm -mm. in season two they did just a standalone twilight zone episode Hmm. directed by one of the twilight zone directors from back in the day written by jj it has nothing to do with anything that's going on on the show obviously it's just a model episode standalone and the whole thing it's revealed at the end takes place inside megan's box Oh, that's amazing. It's great. Oh my it's great. God. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, but um, also, yeah. the moment where the dad like confronts Felicity about the box, he's <laughs> so up in her business. He's like inside of her. I was like, oh my God. Like, I, for a second, I'm so like, Felicity get raped in this episode? <laughs> I was like, yeah. back up, dude. That it's was real weird. Crazy. It's and really then, crazy. And then also, because they're talking about his daughter's box. And so there's that. It's like, I was like, this is really icky. I saw what they were going for, but I'm like, it could have started that moment. different. He should have just approached her. He does. Yeah. He's really, it's, it's shot very tightly. It's not, it's not great. Uh, It's weird, but it's, 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 I mean, listen, this seems really funny, but um, it's great. It's, it, it gets there, but it's like, again, I think those are things like, in a world of me too, you'd be yeah. like, no, no, dude, you ought to back up a little bit. <laughs> you can't be so I close. do love when, um, so there's the scene before, uh, the, the box interaction with the father where Megan's parents and Megan and Felicity are all in her dorm room. And Megan makes sort of a, a, a snide comment about how Felicity likes artists because she obviously slept with an artist a previous yeah couple episodes ago mm-hmm. and i just think to myself like <laughs> megan can't not play with fire like she ha- even in this situation yeah she's just like she just wants to see how far she could push felicity even under these circumstances it's, right. it's pretty fantastic yeah um, even though she doesn't have any power exactly so no. um the episode starts with slow motion as always <laughs> everyone's a lot of slow-mo lots of looks of longing um mm-hmm. Very dramatic. Uh, as Felicity learns that Noel is moving out, uh, right. he doesn't want to be around her anymore. Uh, he's heartbroken and and frustrated with the situation. Um, and then we have sort of this like pseudo girl hangout scene, and I'm not entirely convinced that I ever really bought these three women as friends. No. Do you agree with me that it feels a little yeah. weird? Yeah, yeah, it feels weird. It feels <laughs> weird, and like. Wait, I wrote something about, well, first of all, I, I was like, I love, everyone is just so emotionally mature, like way, way more than you would be at yeah. 18, 19, right? Like absolutely, just their vocabulary about how they're feeling. I mean, this is like shit that happens more today than would have happened 20 years ago. Yeah. It's so in like so everyone has such a handle on like what's happening to them emotionally and they're all so willing to talk about it. But then I also love how that there's moments where they're not willing to talk about the most basic thing <laughs> that's like right in front of your face because yeah. they have to hold on to the tension so they yeah. can't. But um wait, but what's her friend Elena? Um, Elena? Elena, Tangy Miller. Yeah. 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 Uh like it, she just, she just, it felt very, just slightly contrived. I don't know if, she, I don't remember her always feeling that way, just in this sp- specific episode, how mm-hmm. she has to be like, be strong, be tough. Yeah. I don't know. It was just, it was kind of a little one note for me. Elena does tend to feel like the, um, 
the counter to Felicity a lot, like just right. a sounding board to the character, right. which is unfortunate. Um, you know, one of the things that I've often thought about as I'm watching the show uh, or rewatching it is how today I think that the female relationships would would just quite frankly be a little bit stronger and a little less yeah. binary. Um, yeah. It, it's again, that's that's sort of you know, WB in 1999. You had a fair amount of sort of um, obvious you know, uh, A, B storylines that just needed to bounce up against each other in a way that I think today would mm. be a little bit blurrier. Um, so I hear you on that. Now, can you remind me how Julie or when Julie started dating Ben and who was friends first? Like, <laughs> well, this is, this comes back to sort of perhaps the, the bumpy beginning of the show, which was right. that they wanted to kind of, they Julie sleeps with Ben in the pilot. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals. You can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role in a given month. Over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. And that's one of the things that sort of sparks conflict between these three people. But then when. So, wait, are Julie and Felicity friends prior to going to college together? No. They meet in the pilot, they become friends, and then Julie hooks up with Ben. Okay. Okay. And that obviously creates some conflict between them, but then Noel quickly be- sort of becomes part of the equation and Felicity's attention diverts off of Ben onto Noel, which right. kind of saves them a little bit. But in the yeah. beginning, Felicity and Julie are sort of, there's kind of a contentious relationship between them. And that kind of, part of the problem is they just, they never land Julie's character. They just, they just don't. And, and Amy Jo Johnson leaves, I think, relatively early in season three, if I'm not mistaken. Um, right. They just never really know what to do with her and it, it never fully clicks. Um, and her and, and I, I wanted to ask you this too. In this episode in particular, did you notice that Ben and Julie never kiss in the episode? They hug, they hold each other. Yes, yes. Like, and they, they have a kiss. very, they have a very chaste kiss at the party finally okay. okay but it's very not romantic and not sexy so that's why yeah. i was like he's talking about getting her a gift i think they're dating but you you aren't if you just dropped yeah. in on this episode you wouldn't know for sure really until the party also he she's not talking to him about the biggest hugest thing that's going on she's not talking to anyone that's also like you're saying like with the A and B stories, like she was very siloed. Like she yes. could, ugh, and it's, that's such a network writer room. Term. Writer I'm sorry, <laughs> but I'm um, sorry to use it, but um, no, it's just, there was so much for her to be talking about. She was going through so much emotional stuff and she could have talked 
to either of them and she didn't. Yeah, it's, I mean, not to, not to beat a dead horse, but it does feel to me, cause I, I, in my brain, I was thinking about like Ben's relationships and it's pretty clear that like him and Julie are together. They're kind of together. And in this episode, he gives her a guitar for her birthday, a nice guitar, and they hug afterwards. You can't really tell if there's actually anything romantic between them. And then, you know, two or three episodes from now, he's going to be asking Felicity to go drive across the country with him. So right. it's, it's clear that they're starting to separate him off of her. And then in season two, right. uh, Felicity and Ben break up at episode one and he starts having sex with Terry Polo, who's married and it's a whole other thing. So like, Holy Moses, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's like Ben, Julie just becomes this kind of weird moon. That's sort of like out in the universe that they just don't really know what to do with. And mm. you sense that's happening already. That's right. just kind of what it is. And then like Sean gets a crush on her in season two and then she says no to him. And then there's just right. no one to pair her off with and they get her off the show. But um, it's weird. It's what it is. Uh, yeah. So I, I want to talk a little bit about the, the Felicity and Noel kind of relationship as to where we are with them. A um, couple episodes previous, Jennifer Garner comes back into the show as, as uh, Scott Foley's ex-girlfriend Felicity and him sort of kind of break up and then she has sex with some rando artist in the art and loses her virginity in the, in the art studio. Yeah. Uh, and he can't handle it and they break up. So we're now sort of in the fallout of this and we're seeing kind of, um, I guess I, here's my question. Is Noel being a baby <laughs> or is Noel being, does this, does this feel real to you? Cause I don't find, I don't know one way or the other. Like there's a little bit of petulance, but he has a 20, what is he? Maybe 20 years old. Like if I was 20, I probably would act the way he's acting. Right. I, I think it's that I, I, I didn't take it that way. I didn't feel like he was being a baby. I was like, these two people feel things very deeply. <laughs> And I mean, it just goes back to like their yeah. emotional intelligence and stuff, which seemed yeah. very high. But again, like, I think both of them, their acting is so amazing. Like, I just, I'm, I, to I uh, Carrie Russell specifically is amazing in this yeah. role. There's so much going on. And I think he's really good too. So I didn't find it to be petulant. I found it like, or petty or anything. I was like, He's really crushed. You he's know what hurt. I mean? Yeah, he's really he's, I totally believe that he was hurt. I totally believe that she felt regret. And then I, I, as much as it was kind of dragged out, I think that when they finally, when she finally approaches him at the party yeah. and they go talk and she has her speech, I thought it was great. I'm like, yeah. again, a 19 year old would never be able to articulate any of yeah. that, but they had good writers and she's been wanting to say it for minute one. I don't want you to go like, don't yeah. go. It's, I, it's, I, I was it's, in on that. It's I, no, I agree. And I, and I think that that speech, what's, what's so lovely about it in its own ways, it's the inverse of the pilot speech that Noel gives Felicity when she's considering to go back to California, um, which is, you know, he gives her the whole stay in New York or parish uh, speech and right. she says to him in the pilot, she's like, are you telling me this because you have feelings for me? And he's like, yes. <laughs> so it's, 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 right. there's something very bold about it. And yet to your point, uh, 
it somehow feels believable. It somehow feels genuine, uh, even though you know in your heart that there's no version of yourself at 19 that would have the you know emotional right. intellect to be able to do it. But um, but it's a great speech that she gives him, and she convinces him to stick around. Um, obviously, she does because he's uh, in the show for for the rest of the series. Forever. But um, there's something also great about Felicity and Noel when they're in the elevator together, and she says, "We're not moving." And he says, you have to press the button um, yeah. as, as sort of, you know, on the nose as that might very well be. I still kind of loved it that, that yeah. they find ways to, it's just smart writing. Um, right. So I, I appreciated that. Um, I also uh, just one other quick thing on the, on the Megan storyline. Uh, you know, Megan was, had one line, Amanda Foreman was given one line in the pilot and that's, that's all they thought it was going to be. And then ultimately it turned into a wow. much bigger thing. But as silly and broad as this storyline might very well be, it also humanizes her because she's this like raging bitch for so much of the mm-hmm. show. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, she has parents and she has, you know, she has things she has to do just as much as anybody else, which I think is, which I think is great. Right. And uh, I think it goes back to your, what you're saying. It's all about identity. Like I just, I love that she's there and she's reinvented herself, but she can't, do it in front of her parents, I think is like super relatable and you do, you do feel for her. And yeah, I think, and I just like the moment that she gets her come up into little with Felicity is great. Like, I think it's nice because in most shows now that would all play out within one episode. Like they, you're never allowed to take your time except now I I'm sorry. I'll say in cable and streaming, you can, but in network, you know what I mean? Everything yeah. has to happen so fast. Yeah. And the fact that it's languid is really great. Cause then I just think it pays off more. I, I, you know, I have, I've said this in other episodes, but I do think that one of the gifts of this show is one of the things that it was kind of mocked for pretty relentlessly when it was on, which is it's pacing. Uh, it's pregnant pauses. It's longing looks with, you know, with, with yeah. long lenses across rooms. Like, that's the stuff about this show that would all get cut now. Like none of it, none of it would survive. It would all be on the cutting room floor because yeah. everything needs to move, move, move. And uh, it's one of the reasons why this show is so, is so lovely and, and kind of comforting to watch now is you can sit in these moments and stew in the drama or, or sort of the emotional heartache or what have you, or happiness that the show has, which I think is, is pretty incredible. Um, yeah. The other thing you mentioned this earlier, but the 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 Ben sort of gambling storyline to me just screams of like WB Network note of like yeah maybe some, what's, what's something that has sort of stakes like it does, but it also kind of like he also kind of doesn't like. Admittedly, Ben gets beaten up in a couple episodes for not paying off the bookies, right? To me, is just like. Okay, but whatever. Yeah, it's, it's just it's a silly storyline, but it's fine, I guess. Um, yeah, I I blocked it. I'm like, I don't remember this this arc. The other thing I was gonna say is that I yeah, um, yeah. it's lovely to see a life without cell phones, like to be that age. Yep, and to have to actually talk to people face to face. You know what I mean? Or if you like someone, you have to go to the party to see them. You can't just text them. All of that great stuff that like doesn't exist anymore. Well, it's interesting because nostalgic for 
Well, like for instance, you know, with uh, with Daisy Jones, you obviously didn't have technology, and with this pilot yeah. that I'm developing right now, it takes place in '97, and I, I'm just so thrilled to not have to deal with social media or texting or anything like that because it is death to writing. <laughs> like yeah. it's just it's it's you know the the antithesis of anything is looking at a screen and having someone convey information to you. It's just brutal. Yeah. Um. So, uh, just to talk about Julie uh, a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. her songs <laughs> yeah. always feel incredibly precious uh, yes. and, and, and a, little, a little bit maudlin. Um, and it's not to say that Amy Jo Johnson doesn't have a nice voice because she does. I, I've always felt like one of the things, sort of the money that was left on the table with this show, a show that was inherently about um, artistic expression, uh, as Felicity starts to learn that she wants to be an artist. Um mm-hmm. You you already had an artist within the show in Julie's character, and yet her songs never played a particularly vital role in the show. Um, yeah, which I think is something that I mean, listen, hindsight is twenty twenty, but there's a part of me that feels like there was there was more to be done with that than they did. Instead, they just had her sing some shitty Lilith Fair type songs, and that was kind of what it was. <laughs> That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> totally so. Lilith Fair. Um, I I think it's like what you said before about her character that they just didn't know what would stick. So they kind of gave her a bunch of things and all of those things, I mean, like there's no conflict in them. They they didn't create like, (laughs) like maybe even when um, the guy, the bartender was like, oh, you should stick around. She's playing. She's amazing or whatever about Julie. Like, it's like, it seems like she probably got the gig really easily. Mm-hmm. Everyone's listening while she's singing. Like there, there's so many interesting problems that could happen. You yep. know, does she suddenly, why not get stage fright? Because you just found out that your birth mother lied to you. <laughs> like yeah. have yes. one thing yeah. affect another. Like yeah. they just weren't willing. It seemed like they weren't willing to do that. And that's another thing they could have done with the music. Like, doesn't totally. all have to be so easy. It, it also just feels like that, and, and forgive me, because maybe I this might be in a future episode of Felicity, so I could be wrong, but like little things yeah. like Felicity draws her gig posters and doesn't like them and creates, I mean, like, again, these are low stakes situations, but like, unfortunately, all of Julie's stakes existed outside of the bubble of the show that we cared about. So she was, right. like, they, they needed to have stakes with, you know, with the main characters, not stakes with a day player, not stakes with, right. you know, so it, it just, it, it always felt like she was just a weird floating thing that just never fully connected. So at the end of the season, cause we're close to it, right? Yes. yes. When no spoilers, obviously, but like when Ben Felicity to go cross country, has, has he broken up with Julie? Yes. They've broken up cleanly. See, this is, yes. I mean, again, there's so much to play between Felicity and Julie, even like Felicity can have feelings about Julie and they're, and they're doing it well, Felicity and Noel, how they having all their feelings. Right. But like she would definitely have an issue with her dating Ben. And there would be like, um, you could have a great conversation where, she wants to know information and then she's got too much information or Julie comes to her to tell her about sex or something. Mm-hmm. And Felicity wants to help her, but can't. And then when it flips and it's, even if it is a clean breakup, 
Yep. You could still have Julie saying to Felicity, I don't want you driving cross country. Like she feel, I don't know. There, there's a lot of good. And that is what real friends would be dealing with. Totally. Or they wouldn't and, even and be it's, friends. it's also why the f- season finale is so great, which is that it blows up the show. Right. You know, which is that we don't know who she chooses. That's the cliffhanger as to who she chooses. But no matter what she chooses, it's going to kind of blow up the show. And then to sort of add perhaps insult to injury, they cut her hair. (laughs) So they do a bunch of stuff to just really throw the show into pretty much utter turmoil uh, and dare people to keep watching it. Um, Right. Which I respect the hell out of, but you can't be surprised <laughs> that your ratings start to crater when like yeah. everything was thrown to the wind. But you know, you and I sit here and say, but that's good writing. Like that's the best possible. Like, I mean, that gives you the best yeah. engines and the most kind of juice. Of course. But it doesn't always, unfortunately, be what the audience wants. I, you know, I remember people being so up in arms about her hair. And yeah. I remember myself not minding it because I was like kind of a short hair person. So uh-huh. I was like, I think it's kind of cool and it's, it makes sense. You know what I mean? Cause yeah. it was a breakup haircut yeah. and that's what you do and you regret it. And I thought story-wise it was amazing. I remember yeah. everyone freaking out and then everyone's like, it got bad because they cut her hair. And I'm like, I don't, I yeah. don't think that's why it got bad. I think it maybe got bad for other reasons. And I don't mean bad. bad. I mean, just not as, not as good, but I'm also, I'm remembering an episode that I think was my favorite episode. It must be in season two where she and Noel are dating and like, they both have the flu, but they decide to hook She's, up and she, yeah. Yeah. Um, she, it, it's her boyfriend. It's not Noel. She's dating some other guy in season two and she gets mono and, yeah, it's uh, Oh, it's but, not Noel? No, it's some other guy. <laughs> oh shit, I remembered that as Noel. Yeah. Cuz I was like, like that's real love. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's an episode that I actually posted a a, a picture from online cuz cuz Felicity's wearing one of those masks which feel very apropos right, right now. Right. Um, right. But yeah, it's all about this like this this epidemic of uh, of flu or mono that's going around the dorm and everyone's getting it and Felicity thinks that it's that she's getting hit, like love the love bug is what it's called and anyway. But right. yeah, it's 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 funny that you say that people associate like the show got bad in season two because, yeah. and, and, you know, I think there's a lot of really good stuff in season two, but more than anything, um, like, where do you go? Like as a writer, I'm just yeah. like putting myself in the headspace of a season two Felicity writer thinking like, well, I mean, we can't just keep doing what we're doing. Like we have to mm-hmm. throw some sort of wrench into all of this. And I honestly think that the hair became the thing people pointed to, but what people were really frustrated with was, you know, Noel's dating Amy Smart and Felicity's dating some other person and Ben's fucking Terry Polo. And like everyone's just yeah. off. And it just, I think that everyone just was like, this is too much new. I don't get what this show is anymore. But do you think, I mean, cause you, and you've read more about it than I have, but is that the writers doing that? Or is that the network saying not enough is happening? It's too slow. You better throw a bomb in here or you're not getting another season. From Well, I, I didn't hear anything like the show was a out of the gate hit. So I don't it think hit, anybody, yeah. I don't think that anybody was concerned about whether or not it was going to continue going. What I heard, or at least what I've read is that they really struggled in season two 
no one could remember any uh, anything from their sophomore years of college. Like all the writers oh were just God. like, I remember my first year. I remember my last year. But like the two years in the middle are kind of a blur. So it was a lot of people just struggling to kind of cobble together story. And, you know, the, the rumor, or at least the, the sort of folklore is that JJ said, can't we just make her a spy as a joke? And that's how Alias came about. So, you know, cause Alias is just Felicity, but she's a spy. Right. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, it isn't just Felicity, but you know what I mean? So I, I think that there's something to be said for, um, they, I think they just overshot. You know what I mean? I think that they were just like struggling to find stories and then they just went perhaps too big. And, right. Or the, the swings were too big. And then the hair mixed into it. And the hair is a bell you can't unring. It's right. just like, now she looks like a Chia pet. And that's just the way that it is. Um, you know, so it, it, it's, it's interesting. I, I, there's, a, there's a quote um, <laughs> that JJ gave to the New York Times back after the haircut. And I, I'll send it to you. It is, it literally, it, you would think that it was, um, you know, a PR person from an a election campaign. Like you would think that the stakes were so high, right, 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 that it was right, like state right, fucking right. secrets. Yeah. And I think like I remember that. Hair. Yeah, but so it's it's interesting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I I I, I want to kind of so it, just in general a little bit. Did you did you see how the show ended? Did you do you know how the show ended? Were you you? It seems like you kind of I think you I you fell left off. and you fell off in season three, right? When you're Probably. saying. They time travel. I don't know what you're speaking of. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, well, okay. So at the end of season three, um, they ended on a cliffhanger by some uh, <laughs> drug dealer boyfriend of one of their new friends busts into a party and shoots up the place. And you're like, who got shot? That's, that's literally how the end, that's how season three ends. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. So then season four starts. And of course they kill a person that no one cares about. <laughs> but, yeah. um, but all that being said, season four is sort of this moment where Felicity has sex with Noel for the first time on the roof. And it's a, the time. Travel, oh yeah. Okay. I remember the time that. travel element comes in because Warner brothers asked for, I believe 15 episodes of the show. This, they're like, it's your final season, do 15 episodes. They mm-hmm. do 15, and then they premiere another show, and it tanks. And they're like, actually, can you give us five more? Oh, boy. So they ended the show. They shot it. Like, it was all done. And then they had to come up with basically a five-episode epilogue, for lack of a better way of putting it. So, <laughs> so Megan puts a spell on Felicity. Oh, boy. And... <laughs> And she gets to have a sliding doors moment where she goes back to the roof, has sex with Noel, but stays with Noel and doesn't get back together with Ben. And it's the path that she didn't take. I think I actually remember that. I might have watched all of it. And then, and then that the end, right. the last episode, and, and I got to tell you, I just watched the, the Office series finale the other day, which mm-hmm. I had seen before, but, and I'm sure you feel the same way um, with the shows that you've run, but I can't imagine anything harder than ending a television show satisfyingly like to to satisfy your fans, especially a show like the office, but like a show that has a, has a fan base where you really have to stick the landing and every single finale that I can think of for broadcast anyway, is always, you know, it's like checking boxes to make sure that everyone gets a happy ending. 
and you know, and it and it also feels like a clip show where they can show you all the things that's happened over the previous seasons. Like, it, right? And they do that with Felicity as well, where she needs to like put together some fucking tree with all these artifacts to stop the spell to go back to the. It's 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 crazy. Oh my god, it's really crazy. But yeah, so it's possible that you got out at the right time. At the right time, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you it's know, funny. Anyway. There aren't that many shows that I make it all the way through. I mean, I didn't make it. I shouldn't say it out loud, but I didn't finish the office. I think once Steve, Steve Carell yeah. left, I think that's when I, I tapped out. Done. I yeah. just, I literally, I, I tapped out when he left. And then I remember I watched the series finale when it aired because you know, right. it was whatever. Um, and thinking, uh, I don't know. And then I, I just rewatched the office cause it was kind of perfect comfort food for what we're going through right now. And that's yeah. when I watched the, the, the finale right. again. Um, but I mean, well, look I think, at Game of Thrones. I mean, yeah. there was no making. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I think everyone, everyone was going to be on them no matter what they did. You know, there was no, there was no way to satisfy everybody, but they really didn't satisfy enough people with that. No. <laughs> it was just a no. You know, I, I it's. It's kind of, it's the, it's the ongoing discussion of like, what are the best series finales? And, and it always to me is, I mean, Six Feet Under just feels like the best one yeah. to me. Yeah. For the sure. finality of it, but also just because it just doesn't pull any punches. Like it kills right. everybody. It's just, I mean, yeah. what else can you ask for? Um, I mean, but, I think also, well, I don't know, cause I, I'm not caught up on, um, The Good Place, but, and so I haven't seen that finale. I think people were happy with it, but, it's, it's, there's something to saying, okay, I'm only going to do three seasons, five seasons, whatever it is, yeah. which is also now just much more cable and streaming is that, you know, yeah. kind of ahead of time, the arc of that, of your story mm-hmm. and you can nicely wrap it up. But if you don't know until the middle of a season that it's going to be your last season, it's almost yeah. impossible to then give like a great finale i mean i think that it's at this stage it feels rare for a show to go past like four or five seasons truly it, it right. feels i mean except for broadcast if you're a procedural unless show it's a procedural whatever, yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, they'll go on forever but it, it is interesting to see shows that i mean now we're obviously in this in this world of limited shows or anthology shows or whatever the case might be that allows you to sort of have that i believe um is daisy jones just one season or is it supposed to be multiple it, seasons? It is. It is. But I mean, in the same way as Big Little Lies, I'm sure if it's amazing yeah. and people really respond, they'll figure out how to keep it going. But yeah. it covers the entire novel. I mean, Hunter and I were just talking about Big Little Lies and how the second season just suffered from the problem of the first season was solved. Yeah. You know what I mean? So then what, what is really the problem of the second season? It's very, it's very hard to sustain. It's, it's, I mean, part of it too is, you know, I just, I don't know if you've been watching or watched, um, little fires everywhere. The, uh, I haven't started yet. No. Um, it's, it's, an inter- it's an interesting show and, 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 you know, it's got two big stars in it. Right. And I'm, and I'm watching it with my roommate and, and by the end of it, I was just like, well, you can't possibly make more of these, but then I'm just right. like, you know, maybe you know, they can in this town, like limited yeah. series is meaningless. It's just like, if you've got big stars and people are watching it, like they're going to, they're going to fuck it up. I know. Somehow. I know. I mean, they don't, 
they don't want it. Apparently, if you go try to sell something limited series, they don't want that because they want the potential to keep going. Yep. But there's something to be said. Like, I think there's going to be a second season of Russian Doll. And it's like, yeah. no, oh. no, yeah, that know. was great. It's so great. Why can't it just live yep. as it is, which is this one story told over six or eight, whatever episodes it was. And it also with the know. amount of the amount of networks we have, the amount of content we have, you know, there's a part of me that's just like you'll find another hit, you'll find another thing that people love. Like it, it's, it, you know what I mean? Like this idea yeah. that there's this finite amount of things that people love, I think, is also foolish. I mean, I look at the BBC, I look at what they do and what they've been doing for forty, fifty years, which is you'll get as many as you get, and you'll, and that's just what it is. And it's great right. and you love it and that's great. And we'll make something else that you like a couple of years from now, whatever it is. I just, I, I agree with you that there's just this lack of faith in audiences. There's a lack of faith in us as writers that will come up with something that people right. will love that is just, I don't know, silly right. in this day and age. But, you know, even like, um, well, that I know I'm thinking about like making a murderer or Tiger King or whatever, but like even making a murderer, like, that was amazing and great when they did the second season or whatever they did. I think I watched one episode and I was like, I'm done. Like, it's just the lawyer talking. Like, I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I don't yeah. need more of this. And it's same with tiger King. It's like, I don't need more of that. That yeah. was plenty. Yeah. I mean, it was intriguing and whatever. And I know I'm crossing over to reality, but it's still, yeah. you know, telling a story. And I'm like, you've told the story, move on. There's other stories to tell. It, it, it shouldn't surprise us that, you know, the country that has, I don't know, for instance, the Cheesecake Factory has an issue with appetite and has an issue with just like giving right. people too much. Like sometimes less is more. Like sometimes yeah. that's how the thing lasts in the consciousness. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this idea that, you know, and I think it's part of the, the issues that Netflix has a little bit, which is this idea that they just want to give you more and more and more and more where there's a part of me that's like being the network that gave us tiger king for people that like tiger king is enough because then people will right. come back to see the other things that you make rather right. than giving us tiger king seasons four through seven it's just yeah. it's, a, it's a very strange mentality but i mean that's the, the choices yeah. they make i guess but anyway um anyway. thank you so much for coming on for this thank I very, you for I very much appreciate it. and we're going to be doing uh we're going to be doing a bunch more television shows so obviously well and all the movies and all that so i really hope that you'll come back of course you said i was coming you said i was a past and future guest it's true i did when you I, introduced I called me, my shot so <laughs> you clearly knew and i also if you know the future can you tell me when we're going to be allowed out of our houses <laughs> <laughs> yes Exactly. I don't, unfortunately. Oh, you don't know that. You just know, know I'll be a guest again. I, I mean, it's it's a safe assumption. <laughs> yeah. So I, I thought that I thought I, I was okay to say it. Yeah. I hope by the next time I'm a guest, we're allowed out of our house. That would be great. Even though I will say, just for what it's worth, doing podcasts this way is actually a lot easier. <laughs> no, I'm happy. I mean, yeah. and now I could literally do it every week because, like, not having to drive yeah. and park and get a babysitter that, is great. That's that's right. It's, Kenny and I have been talking and obviously Kenny and I will start doing our episodes again together soon. But uh, yeah, sitting in your house at your either in your closet or at your desk uh, <laughs> is uh, is a much, much easier way to do things. Getting people to do it from their house is much easier. So. Yeah. Well, thank you again for coming on and uh, I'm sure we'll have me. you on soon.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 